Hello, friends. Hello, colleagues. Hello, listeners. And welcome back to the Platinum Business Break podcast. We're so glad you're here. And again, if you're listening on one of the many uh, streaming services such as Spotify or iHeartRadio or Amazon or Apple Podcasts, we're so glad you're here. Or if you're watching this on YouTube, that is our vidcast, so we're so glad you're watching. Again, this is the Platinum Business Break podcast, and today's episode is titled The Way Business Should Be, Part 7, Leaving Nothing to Chance. Again, this is Season 3, Episode number 16, and we're going to jump right in. And by the way, this is sponsored by Platinum Business Consulting. Again, our goal is to help turn small to medium-sized businesses into world-class organizations through vision, mission, core values, planning process, etc. And we can help you do that. But if we don't hear from you, we can't help you. So please reach out to us and we'll have some contact information at the end of this episode. So again, this is uh, the way business should be part seven, leave nothing to chance. And again, for those of you uh, just need a quick reminder, you know, earlier this summer, I was on vacation on a cruise ship and uh, the cruise ship performed a, a maneuver kind of resetting the compass and it made me kind of think about resetting my own compass and you know writing down what do I believe what are my core values what do I believe about business and, and that became my manifesto so I wrote down about that's uh, probably about 20 plus points and this, again this is part seven so there's a lot more to come and what I'm doing is I'm breaking it down into how I think business should be operated or how business should be, all right? So I hope you agree with that. I hope you enjoy it. So we're going to jump right in. So I'm going to start out with a, with a quick story. So I was at a uh, grocery store recently. Now, my pattern is, and, I, and I've been in this since COVID, is I go to the grocery store early. I'm, you know, when it opens 6 a.m., 7 a.m. And, and the reason is really from COVID. I, I got into that habit because that's when you would go uh, get milk or toilet paper or, or whatever. And I discovered actually like, you know, shopping earlier because there's no one there. So on a recent trip, I went to a, a local uh, grocery store. I, I will not name the, the brand in, in case they <laughs> are a client or become a client. But anyway, I go in there, and, and obviously it's early in the morning, but there, there are a fair amount of people in the checkout line. And, and this, is, this is kind of what kind of set me off and really uh, got me excited about this podcast. So I'm in the store, and they had one checkout line open, like full service, and then they had the automated 10 items or less. And then they had two lanes open with people, 15 items or less. So when I'm ready to check out, and I didn't have a lot. I had more than more than 15, but I didn't have a full basket. There were about six or eight people in line, and it was the only line open for the full service. And so I walk up to, I guess he was one of the floor attendants, and he's, he's manning the the empty, by the way, 10 items or less. And, and they had like seven or eight of those open. And no one was there. I said, hey, can I buzz through here real quick? He's like, no, can't do it. I said, why? He said, company policy. You got to go. I said, wait a minute. <laughs> Let me get this straight. So I'm looking at the only one you have manned. And there's there's six or eight people in line. And they're waiting. I said, you have this automated, which is completely empty. And then you have two 15-item or less lanes with people and they're just standing there twiddling their thumbs. So you're not going to let me come in and, and check out real quick. He said, no, sir, I can't. And of course the manager comes up as their problem. And I, and I go through with him. He said, he said, well, that's, that's our policy. I said, well, you might want to revisit that. I said, because people come early to, to avoid the crowds. Now I'm back in the crowd waiting, you know, I've, I've got maybe 20 items 
and and how come I can't go through this line? Again, I, I understand during peak periods. I completely understand that and agree with that 100%. But there's no one in the line. There's like eight stations open. And the guy said, well, I'll, I'll, visit, I'll, I'll visit with my regional manager. I was like, okay, whatever. So, anyway, so I walked down. On the opposite end, there was another 15 item or less. And there was a young kid there. And I said, hey, can I come through? He said, oh, yeah, sure, come on. And I, I got out of the line. I, I, I got out like real quick. And as I'm leaving, the guy's looking at me like, how did he do that? So I hope I, did, I didn't get anyone in trouble. But my whole point was that whole conversation, I could have already checked out in the 10 item or less one. Again, I know I sound like a, a gripey old man here, but the point is, wh- why the wait? <laughs> so what was the purpose of the wait? I mean, why did they not let me or any of these other people, hey, let's come over here. We could help check you out faster. Uh, so I don't get that. But anyway, <laughs> that was kind of my, my burning topic for today. So one thing I, I noticed on that was the manager didn't have the authority, the autonomy to change anything. And I, I could tell, I mean, and, and, you know, that might be going back to they don't know the vision, the mission, the core values, or the process. And that's what we're going to talk about today is process. And the fear. Uh, he was, he seemed, you know, I'm not afraid of me, but he seemed like he was afraid to make a decision. I almost felt like he was looking over his shoulders at the camera. You know, maybe Big Brother was watching him, and if they let people through, he would get in trouble. I, I don't know. But it was, it was pretty sad. The guy didn't have the autonomy to, to make that decision, which he would have made a lot of customers happy. Um, and, and the other thing is too, you know, was he slightly disengaged or apathetic? Yeah, maybe that's why the manager came up. So, you know, all of that is, you know, leave nothing to chance. <laughs> why, why did that have to happen? So I, I think a lot of it is they, they just had a poor uh, process, um, on, on that. What I, I call that queuing theory. It's how to get people out of the store fast, right? I mean, that's what, what everyone wants to do. So I'm going to talk about a couple of, uh, uh books that I recommend, and again, it's it's about process. Leave nothing to chance. And the first one is called Process, How Discipline and Consistency Will Set You and Your Business Free. It's by uh, uh, dual authors, Mike Patone and Lisa Gonzalez. It's a great read. It's a great book. I have it. I have it both the hard copy and the audible version. And it's really, really good. It kind of breaks down why and how to do processes in your business. The second one is, now this is an older book. It's uh, by a gentleman named Chet Holmes. He's been deceased uh, probably for five, ten years. I think he had uh, pancreatic cancer. But in he's if he ever he was a, a like an associate of Tony Robbins, but his claim to fame is he ran several businesses for a guy named Charlie Munger, who was a big publishing guy, and he turned those businesses around. So he wrote this book called The Ultimate Sales Machine and talks about twelve strategies. But the one thing in that is leave nothing to chance. Now the book is a little dated; it was kind of dawn of the internet. So when you read it, just take that in mind. But it is a great book. It gives you a lot of uh, good ideas. And the main thing is leave nothing to chance. So when a customer calls in, you know, you, you've anticipated every possible issue. Okay. Now, the last book I'm going to recommend uh, is going to be called The Checklist Manifesto by uh, Atul Gawande. Now, this is really awesome. I believe he's a doctor uh, or he's in the medical profession. He talks about how checklists uh, can really save lives or help businesses. And, and again, this is part of a process to me, checklists are part of a process. So those are three books I recommend, you know, again, get those on audible, get those on Amazon. They're really great reads. And again, it'll, it'll kind of, you know, you kind of get my vibe when you, when you read these books. So I just want to recommend those to you. So we're going to jump in. So again, um, leaving nothing to chance, you know, we're talking about process. So Implementing and maintaining a well-defined process is crucial for success and sustainability of businesses across really any industry. And I'm going to give you 16 top reasons why businesses 
the processes in place, right? And processes help you leave nothing to chance. So any situation that comes up, you know, whether it's internal or external to your business, you automatically have a playbook or a checklist or a process in place. And man, that is like the best feeling in the world. All right. It's hard. I, look, I get it. This is really hard stuff I'm talking about, but this will make you a world-class business. All right. So we're going to jump in. Number one, efficiency and productivity. Processes streamline workflows and tasks, reducing the time and effort required to complete them. This leads to increased efficiency and productivity, allowing employees to focus on more value-add activities. Again, processes. It starts from the time the customer engages you, whether it's answering the phone, whether it's uh, when they go to your website, they fill out a form, or they're on the chat box. Your processes start there. And actually, if you want to even go further upscale, you can say processes start with the marketing. You know, what is our marketing process to to introduce a new product? Hey, we're, we'll talk about that in another point. But again, processes, streamline workflows and tasks. It, ma it makes people's jobs easier, right? Again, I'm, I'm not going to get into the engagement statistics, but as we all know, we have an engagement issue. A lot of that is due to people just don't know how to do their job. All right. Number two, consistency. Standardized processes ensure that tasks are performed consistently every time, regardless of who is doing them. This consistency helps maintain quality and reliability in products or services. Again, uh, those of you who listen to my podcast, I talk about Chick-fil-A. I really think about any type of chain, restaurant, or fast food place if it's if they have a if it's ran well. Okay, if you it doesn't matter if you're in Dallas or Chicago or Atlanta or LA, it doesn't matter where you're at. They're all going to be the same. It's because they have standardized processes, and that makes for a much better customer experience, okay? Quality control. Again, we you know, quality control, we don't really hear a lot about quality control. I mean, that was a big thing back in the 80s and the 90s, uh, especially in the automotive sector. And, you know, as a result of that, you have, you know, Six Sigma black belts, and you have all that in the manufacturing side. But I think, you know, our, our, our manufacturing has gotten so much better. Cars are so much better made today than they were before. A lot, a lot of us, a lot of you listening may not remember, you know, all the recalls and all the headaches you had with new vehicles. But processes often include quality control checkpoints, ensuring that products or services meet predefined standards. This helps in delivering high quality output to the customer. Now, and again, that doesn't just mean manufacturing. Again, go back to a fast food, you know, the drive-through. You know, how often, how many times have you gone through a drive-through and they got the order wrong? or you got the wrong bag, or they're mi it's missing the french fries. So again, processes help with that as well, all right? So processes help with quality control of your product or service. Number four, cost reduction. Efficient processes can help reduce operational costs by eliminating waste, reducing errors, and optimizing resource allocation. Now, perfect example of that, uh, years and years ago, I worked in the manufacturing sector, and we were actually making... Uh, a product and the product was a, the raw material was on a coil. And it was it was a, a, a sheet metal product, and the machine that that fabricated the product, uh, what the operators were doing, they're running out like four and five feet of material to set up the machine. Well, in reality, they didn't need to do that. They only needed to run out about six inches <laughs> of material to set up the machine. So think about that. So six inches into you know two or three feet. I mean, it was four or five, six, eight times the amount of waste product that they were using just to set up the machine. So, uh, you know, having a process, you know, we set up a process that on, on every new per order that, you know, you put a new uh, raw material spindle or coil on, 
you would put it on and it was six inches. That was it. And, and then and a lot of times we, re, we said, hey, retain that sample just to make sure that it was done correctly and for quality, you know, further quality control. But we eliminated our scrap just by that went from over 10% less than 2%. Now, if you're in manufacturing, you understand that's, that, that's a lot of money. So anyway, cost reduction, a process can definitely provide cost reduction. All right, scalability. As businesses grow, having well-defined processes in place makes it easier to scale operations. New employees can quickly learn and follow established procedures, and additional resources can be allocated efficiently. So all that means is just this. Again, uh, think about, there's another book I, I didn't put it on the screen. It's called The E-Myth Manager Revisited. I think it's by Mark, Michael Gerber. It's a great book. Again, basically talks about someone who's trying to franchise their business. Now, again, I get it. Not all the, the people listening, you know, want to franchise or franchise their business. But if you think in those terms, it's 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 great. For, for, like, for example, I had a client I was talking to. Um, they wanted to... Uh, it was a medical practice or type of medical practice. That's all I'll say uh, due to confidentiality. But it was a type of medical practice and they wanted to open up other locations. So I asked them in the current location, what processes do you have in place? And, of course, I asked them, you know, about Chick, you know, Chick-fil-A. Have you ever been to a Chick-fil-A? You know, have you Chick-fil-A'd your business? And, and they understood what I meant. And they're like, oh, no, we don't have anything in place. So before you start, you know, opening up other locations, what you want to do is you want to have all your processes in place. Again, you kind of want to franchise that. So that way when you you, you know, negotiate the lease, the build out, all that kind of stuff, well, then you just plug and play from, from your other business. Now, that's assuming you're doing everything correct and you're not transferring bad habits. But, you know, processes can help you scale. I hope you see that. I hope that makes sense. Risk mitigation. Okay, that's number six. Processes can include risk assessment and management strategies. This helps businesses identify potential risks Implement measures to mitigate them, reducing the likelihood of costly errors or setbacks. Now, this again, this this has a broad variety of applications. Again, like setting up a machine, it could be accounting or financial practices. And actually, I'm thinking safety when I hear this one. Uh, you know, do you have safety procedures, especially if you're in a manufacturing or you provide a hard product? You know, whether it's distribution or manufacturing or even retail, do you have processes in place to keep your employees safe? That is that is a form of risk mitigation, right? Number seven, compliance and regulation. In many industries, there are strict regulations and compliance requirements. Having documented processes ensure that a business adheres to these regulations, reducing the risk of legal issues and penalties. Now, a perfect example of that one. A year, I mean, this is a long time ago. I worked for uh, a, a, a distributor in the pharmaceutical business, and you know they got in trouble a couple times because they did not have certain processes or they weren't following certain compliance regulations from from the the government because that's very very highly regulated and as a result of that they really incurred millions of dollars in fines and penalties okay so it is very 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 important that you use process especially if you're in an industry where compliance and regulation again i'm thinking of you know a modern example of that is all the uh, depending on the state you live in is maybe a cannabis or dispensary um, you know, all those have popped up, you know, you, you see the CBD and the Kratom and all that. I mean, there's a certain amount of, of compliance regulation with that that you have to follow or you could, you know, go out of business. Same thing with medical, you know, et cetera. All right. So compliance and regulation processes can help you maintain compliance regulation, right? Number eight, decision-making. Data-driven decision-making is facilitated by having processes in place. 
Processes often include data collection analysis steps providing valuable insights for strategic decision making. Now, one of the big things I always tell uh, clients in businesses that I work with is you got to have a couple of things in place. You have to have vision, you have to have mission, your core values, and your processes. Now, what this tells me in the part of your decision making process, if you will, when you have a new product or a new segment or maybe an acquisition, you have a process of running this new opportunity through the filter. The filter would be your vision, your mission, your core values. Does, does it fit? Does it fit with our one, three, five, ten year long term strategic plan? So that will help you stay out of the weeds or stay out of trouble. I've seen several businesses, um, I mean, and I've seen this in the manufacturing side, where they are they're getting into somewhat called related businesses, but they're not part of the core business, but they're just enough different that it, it, it's, it caused chaos in the system. Uh, again, a lot of people say, oh, well, you know, that's a bolt-on business. Well, you know, really, there's, to me, there's no such thing as a bolt-on business. If it doesn't fit seamlessly into your core, what you do, it's not bolt-on. Again, most bolt-on things, to me, bolt-on stuff gets loose, rattles, and it shakes, and it falls off. So if it's truly a, a bolt-on business, it's not, it's not bolt-on. It's actually a, a, a addition to your core product or service. Now, if you have something that is completely different, you just want to open up a separate business. Don't contaminate your existing business. I see this all the time. And it costs companies millions and millions of dollars. It costs them time, market share, you know, on and on. All right, going to stay off that one, go to the next one. All right, that was decision making. Number nine, customer satisfaction. Consistency and quality resulting from well-defined processes lead to higher customer satisfaction. Satisfied customers are more likely to become repeat customers and refer others. Now, I'm going to refer to another book, again, Raving Fans by Ken Blanchard. And, and you know, again, part of the creating a raving fan or, or satisfied customers, if you have a process in place, especially to deal with a problem. Okay, for example, I had a software uh, plug-in I use on my website had a problem with it. Well, yeah, it's, you know, I couldn't really talk to a person, but they had a chat. Yeah, it was like, oh, here comes a chat. But anyway, it was actually a great experience. Um, they solved my issue. I had a, uh, you know, not to get too technical, but I had some some coding, some coding language uh, in, in my website that was, should have not been there. Anyway, long story short, through just chat, it was fixed in 10 minutes. Okay, so, but they knew exactly with the problem, I mean, when I stated my problem, they probably went to a checklist or a you know tab and oh, this is this is how you fix this. I had a very very good experience. Again, it wasn't a domestic based; it was someone you know another part of the the world. But because of the chat feature and the fact that they had a process in place to deal with this problem, which was obviously a you know a common problem uh, for for a lot of people who do their own websites that they were able to diagnose it and fix it and correct it, like I said, within 10, 15, you know, maybe 30 minutes max by the time everything happened. But that, I was like, okay, I, I like this. So that, that made me a, a raving fan, okay? Number 10, employee training and development. Oh, this is my favorite. Processes serve as training manuals for new employees, helping them quickly become productive members of the team. They also provide a basis for performance evaluation and improvement. This is huge. This is probably one of the biggest, besides you know, crafting a vision and core values and processes, is the training part. I see most companies don't provide any kind of training. And that, to me, is... So our sister company, uh, Platinum Training Technologies, we have an online training platform with over 3,000 courses. 
hundreds of learning tracks on anything from, you know, sales to customer service to business math to just on, you know, a, a diversity, inclusion, compliance, safety. Okay. It is so important, especially for your new employees, get them trained out of the gate. In fact, two weeks before they pick up the phone or do their job, they should be training and getting immersed in the culture. Training is so important, but a process is easily translated into a training video, much like the, the video. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, I use a program called Loom, L-O-O-M. And what you're seeing is a PowerPoint in the background, and you're seeing my little bubble face in the bottom left-hand corner. But you can easily crank out training videos. And again, it, it doesn't take long. And then, of course, uh, you know, we could talk to you about AI. AI will even speed up that process. It's another uh, discussion or podcast. But the whole point is processes are the basis of all your training and development. That's all I'm saying, right? So wear that one out. Number 11, communication and collaboration. Clear processes promote effective communication and collaboration among team members and departments. Everyone knows their roles and responsibilities, reducing conflicts and misunderstandings. Now, I'm going to refer back. I did a podcast. I guess it was, I think it's my point number four, the way business should be. Communication. Communication is terrible. And again, I have so many stories about poor communication. A lot of it revolves around uh, upper management to middle management, to frontline people. Uh, you know, like, is there going to be a meeting? Or, uh, you know, I didn't know about this new product. Or they roll a new product or service out and there's no information about it. A process to roll out a new product, a process if you have, say, a quarterly meeting or an annual meeting or even a weekly meeting, what is your process to make sure everyone knows about it and, and is aligned? Okay, so communication, collaboration, process will greatly help that. Number 12, innovation. Well-established processes can also include mechanisms for innovation and continuous improvement. By documenting existing processes, businesses can identify areas for enhancement innovation. Now, especially you know where I see this is when as technology changes, or perfect example, COVID. Uh, COVID required a lot of people to, you know, boom, we're, we're remote, especially if you're office type staff and or, or those businesses that, you know, had to, you know, kind of, do something different. Again, I say restaurants who had to go, hey, we can't open up the restaurant, but you could drive up and we'll, we'll bring it to your car door, you know, uh, that sort of, or even delivery. So innovate processes help you. It's kind of the springboard of the basis for, for innovation because you can look at those and go, wait a minute, we, we can improve. And, and the other thing companies miss out on is getting feedback from the employees. A lot of your employees will, will tell you how to innovate or improve. But a lot of times they don't listen to them. And, and I see that so many times as companies have staff either at the customer service level, that manufacturing level or service level, uh, or maybe at the sales level. And they never engage those people and ask them, hey, how can we make things better? But the biggest opportunity is customers. Companies don't talk to customers. Businesses don't ask customers, how can we make this better? You know why? They're afraid to ask those questions because what they might find out. But that's that's how you innovate. That's how you become world-class, all right? Processes can help with that. Number 13, customer experience. Customer-facing processes such as sales and support procedures play a critical role in shaping the customer experience. Efficient and customer-centric processes can enhance the overall perception of the brand. A couple of, again, I'll, I'll throw Chick-fil-A out there. Very, very 
good experience. Um, you know, your food is correct. The drive through moves fast. And you get the friendly face going, hey, it's my pleasure. And your order's right. That's, that's awesome. Um, another example, my wife and I, we purchased a vehicle. And it was at a uh, uh, one of the Sewell uh, dealerships in Dallas. Uh, I won't tell you the brand, but uh, it was a wonderful, wonderful experience. Again, we, we had a competing dealership of the same brand. Terrible experience. This was, I mean, literally found the car. They said, well, hey, we got one just like it, but it's a demo, and we can catch a deal on it. Um, we, we went down there. The, the car was ready. We, I mean, you know, I filled out some stuff online, obviously, but we were in there probably 30 minutes from the time we drove up, dropped off the old car, picked up the new one out the door in 30 minutes. Wow. What an experience. Guess what? They had processes in place to expedite that. Okay. That is so cool. All right. Number 14, competitive advantage. Businesses with optimized and agile processes can respond more quickly to market changes and customer demands, giving them competitive edge. Again, I'll refer back to the COVID times. Companies that were able to shift into different modes because of remote work or whatever, those are the ones that really flourished and survived and continue to, to do so today. So that is so important. So, and again, or if you're looking at market opportunities or anything like that, again, let me put it this way. Most of the companies that I run into don't have any processes in place. Every time something go south, hits the fan. It's like it's the first time it's ever happened, even if it happened the week before or two weeks. They keep solving the same problem over and over and over again. But if you had a process down where you made it customers easy to do business with you, and as I like to say, execute the basics flawlessly, that is such a huge competitive advantage. If you, I don't care what industry you're in. If you make that your type priority, the two things, again, that, that's another podcast, um, that I talk about is doing executing the basics flawlessly, making it easy for your customers to do business. If all your processes were just centered on those two things, you would be world class. All right, got it. Good. Number fifteen, data security. Data handling and security processes are essential to protect sensitive information from breaches and cyber attacks. Implementing robust data security processes is crucial in today's digital age. Now, again, if you're a large business, you, know, you probably have an IT department, you, and you probably have all those firewalls and, and, and all that kind of stuff. But for you know, smaller businesses, you, know, you don't have that. you probably uh, relying on a you know, Microsoft you know, Outlook-type program that you purchased through uh, your website provider. And, you know, that gives you pretty good security. And one of the things I ran into, what I call multi-level authentication. So basically, not only if I change something, they don't. They also send me an email. They also text to my phone so I can respond with a code. So even a small business is going to be very susceptible to uh, data security. But having processes in place help that. Now, again, you know, I have several in place internally that I do, that I do with, with my business. And, you know, a lot of it is one I'm very careful who I respond to. A lot of what I call phishing, and it's phishing with a PH. Uh, you know, they, they'll send me an email asking for something, and they're just trying to get information so they can find a way to get into my system. Uh, and, of course, a lot of us see that, you know, your, your Amazon account has been locked, your Netflix account has been locked, uh, you have a virus on your computer. And most of us don't fall for that, but a lot enough of us do that they keep doing it. So data security processes can definitely help with data security. So that's a that's a big one. So if you're a small business, you got to start thinking that way, all right? Number 16, this is the last one, long-term sustainability. 
Having processes in place helps create a structured and sustainable business environment, reducing the likelihood of chaos and disorder as the business evolves. Now, that is so true, and I'm glad this is the last one because processes in place are going to ensure that your business is going to grow. All right. If you show me a business that has chaos and disorder, I will show you a business that has no process, no core values, no leadership. I've said that before. I'll say it again. That's money in the bank. I promise. So, so processes in place. So, if you are a small business, I mean, if you're rev, if you're a startup, a revenue, you know, less than five million dollars a year, you got to start getting processes in place. This is going to help your business grow and scale and make life so much better for you, your customers, and your employees. All right. Got it, got it, good. Again, this is The Way Business Should Be Part 7, Leave Nothing to Chance. And again, I hope you enjoyed the 16 reasons why processes are important to your business. If you need some help with process, we would love to help you. That's Platinum Business Consulting at PlatinumBusinessConsulting.com or you can email us at info at PlatinumBusinessConsulting.com. Go to our website. There's a contact form. And again, if we don't hear from you, we can't help you. So that's what we do. That's our specialty. We love doing that. So give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. Anyway, thanks for listening, and we will see you next time. Bye.